It's time for the 8th Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinosa on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. It's a lot. I hit the 7 iron like John Daly hits the 3. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yeah. dinner! Jerome Espinosa is a Class A PGA professional and director of instruction at 8th Greatest Performance Center. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! We will talk all things New Mexico golf, hear from voices all around the world of golf, and even give some swing tips to improve your game. All you got to do is just tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Now, here's PGA Pro, Jerome Espinoza. Good morning. Welcome to the 8 Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio alongside Mr. David Muddit. Hello. Welcome to Earth, David. Good to have you. Yeah, I've been here for 40 years now. Oh, yeah, it was his birthday this week. Yeah. He's one step closer to the senior tees. One step closer to the senior tour. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll be playing golf when I'm 50. <laughs> Will you be alive? That's the biggest question. I don't know. Who knows? No one knows. <laughs> there's lots of buses that can hit you. <laughs> yeah. Well, in Albuquerque, there's lots of wrecks. Yeah. Everywhere I drive, I'm like, oh, there's another wreck. Oh, there's another wreck. So, welcome to Albuquerque. Um, I guess we got some some local stuff, but the Lobos... Finished second, Lobo men, and I don't, I mean. Second, what, second, what was it? I was just looking, trying to find the tournament, but it <laughs> it's not the Hootie and the Blowfish tournament, but it's somewhere, it's it's that college tournament, some invitational, and they finished second by three shots, so they played obviously pretty well. Did any of uh, the Lady Lobos get into the, Matt, the, the Augusta tournament? I was. Before you got here, I was looking at that to see because I think they got a couple girls. How did, I don't even know how you qualified for that. Well, I was kind of looking at was that it strictly too. Strictly on their rankings, or what? I don't. I have no idea. I know it's a lot harder to get into. Um, you know, you, you know, it's weird. They play the first two rounds at this other golf course, like <laughs> Seabrook or something, right? On let's say, well, it was Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, and then Friday. They have a practice round at Augusta, the people that make the cut, and then they play the final round on Saturday. So they have a practice round in the middle of a tournament. <laughs> that has that can never That's have happened weird. ever at any tournament before. That is crazy. Well, it's so the course they play um, early in the week, the first two days, is Champions Retreat, because yep. I was looking at that. Um, and you, you actually hit on this a couple weeks ago. We were giving, you know, kind of Augusta some some props for I mean, obviously, like, I don't know, in my opinion, and it's debatable, right? But that the Masters is probably the best tournament there is. But what Augusta has done as far as included drive, chip, and putt, to invite these kids to drive, chip, putt, that was the first thing, right? And now they this Augusta National Women's Amateur, that it's all in the week before. So you have Augusta National Women's Amateur taking place this week. Yeah, drive chip putt taking place. I want to say it's over the weekend. Headed into the Masters, which really, uh, and a lot of people probably don't realize, but these tournaments, these PGA Tour tournaments, the majors, they close their golf course weeks, sometimes months before, like the U.S. Open and stuff <laughs> like that. They do they, <laughs> they, that, that, and the PGA Championship too. That course is not open even to its members. For a long time before that tournament starts, and Augusta's good enough to put 
women and kids on their golf course on the Saturday and Sunday, the week before the Masters. Like the day, <laughs> right? Because those yeah, guys are the, going the, in on guys, Monday. A lot of those guys are there on Sunday practicing if they don't play the week before, which nobody's playing the week before. Well, not nobody. Someone will be, but the big names aren't. Yeah. The ones that are trying all... to qualify via win are playing the week before. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it I mean, now, look, they've obviously got a ridiculous budget and, and a crazy <laughs> amount of employees, and they can certainly do it, but... You know, it, it's well. It's a really cool thing that they do that because they don't have to do that. I mean, to it, your point, that what they're doing, they could have easily not done, and the Masters would still be the Masters and would still be just as good. Well, it's to your point. This is probably the most prominent club. I mean, again, debatable in America that hosts this tournament. They could say no, and nobody would blink an eye. They could say, "Nope, we're not hosting Drive Chip," but nope, we're not having this women's amateur. But they do. Yeah, the week before, and there wouldn't be someone wouldn't go to the Masters because they didn't do that. No, it would not affect the Masters tournament whatsoever if they didn't. But on on the other hand, what they've done for drive chip putt kids, and I, I guess I even say parents are like getting their kids like let's go to the Masters. Like you need to qualify for drive chip putt so we I can caddy for you to do drive chip putt on the grounds of Augusta. And if you've seen it in the past, dude, all the players are there in their green jackets. Bubba Watson's infamous for walking around and shaking those kids' hand. Condoleezza Rice is all over. You know, all of the past champions, you know, some of the older guys are walking around. That's so cool for those kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To like, dude, there's Jordan Spieth. Dude, there's Bubba Watson. Dude, there's this guy. Like, I mean, I, I used to teach this kid at Lakewood Country Club in Dallas. Like twice a week, I'd give him half hour lessons, or maybe they were hour lessons. I can't remember. But he qualified a few years ago for the drive, chip, and putt. So he and I think he did really well. Actually, I don't think he won, but I think he was close. But yeah, it's a once in a lifetime thing. I mean, you can be on the lottery to get tickets and never get chosen to go to the Masters, and these kids get to go hit shots at Augusta National, and the women playing their their amateur tournament it's yeah i mean that that's they will definitely never play the masters right so yeah, yeah. that is that's huge i mean it's really really cool yeah i mean i'm it's really cool that augusta does that i mean you got the usga and you got the rna that are the two yep ruling <laughs> uh what well, organizations of golf associations of golf but really you could argue that the Masters is a third one. Oh, easily. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think the stuff they do has a much bitter, better and bigger impact on the game of golf than anything the USGA and the RNA have ever done. Yeah, I mean, a hundred. Yeah, especially with what they do. I mean, they've always. But do, do you ever do you ever see people criticize the Masters? They got criticized years back when they didn't have any female members, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They let female members in, but other than that. Have you ever seen them really criticized for what they do, for dumping placements? No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, never. You see that all the time with the USGA. Every decision they make gets criticized because we spoke about this, I think, last week or the week before, about amateurs running professional events. Yep, yep. You know, and Augusta does that, but they know what they're doing. 
<laughs> and I almost guarantee you they, they involve their past champions and participants in some of those decision-making processes. I guarantee you. Well, and for me, the thing that I've always liked is like just a viewer, obviously, for that one is they kind of get it. Like, let's make the back nine like reachable par fives in, you know, where you can, if you hit a really good shot, you can make a three. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Or, and you can, it's you, not just silliness. Like, let's put it on the slope and see these guys five putt. Like, yeah. You, you hit, come on. You can hit perfect golf shots in a US Open and end up making a nine. And it's, <laughs> and it's not your fault. Yes. I mean, that, that, you, that doesn't happen at Augusta. Now, you could be slightly off. Yes. And you're going to make a big number or you're going to be, be in 100%. the water or put it in the water or whatever. But it's fair. That's what yes. they all, all the players say. That course is always fair. Now, they have the advantage of it's the same golf course every single time. Correct. And they see it every year and they're like, oh, maybe we can change this. Maybe we can change that. USGA is definitely at a little disadvantage in the fact that it's moved around all the time and they're dealing with different setups and different grasses and different situations. But they don't get it right. Well, and they very I often. Mean, I'll even say they do use the same. I mean, how many times can they screw up Shinnecock? Right. Like I mean, the one par three where you know it made me when you were discussing fair every time. There was a par three at Shinnecock that people were like, the only way to make par is hit it in the front left bunker. Yeah. Wait, what? How does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> like hit it in the front left bunker to make par. Hit it on the green. You put it off the green. I know. Nonsense. I know a lot of guys from up in the Met section. I've played a lot of them over the years in the club pros and PGAs and stuff like that. And they did. They're like, Shinnecock could hold a US Open tomorrow. Yet they come in and make it stupid. <laughs> That's what they say. They say it's, it's oh, a, they play it all the time. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. It, I just... I, well, like they got... That, oh, that's what we were talking about last week. They got all oh, two weeks ago, whatever it was, the golf ball. Yep. You know? I got an email from Titleist. I get the emails from Titleist. Staff members get emails. They were basically saying, we strongly disagree with this decision. Well, shortly after that, you mentioned that, I got one from TaylorMade. And TaylorMade, I think, put it out on social media. But they kind of did, which was kind of funny, is they said they didn't agree with it either. But they said, let's get feedback from all of you guys. Every single person, I think it was public because they got a bunch of feedback. They just sent the results today on should they mess with the ball? Should they do this? Do you think you should be playing the equipment? And the feedback is massively, like in 80%, like, do not touch the golf ball. Oh, I'd say it's higher than 80. <laughs> they asked Rory about it, actually. And um, while R- Rory never really said, I agree or disagree, he said, if they do this, I will actually probably start playing the ball anyway because... I'm now going to go to these major, it's all about major championships is what yep. he said. He goes, I would actually just start playing the ball all the time, all the time because you play one golf ball and then you change to a different golf ball for two or three tournaments. So he kind of deflected on it, whether he disagreed or agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, they, they don't care. They're not going to listen. The US chair don't listen to what they're told. So he, <laughs> he, 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 he didn't say yes or no to whether he agreed, but... He said, if that, if that happens, you know, I, I would probably at least play it the month leading up to a major or whatever, you know. Well, he has to, right? Because you have to see where it's flying, how yeah. it's reacting. Yeah. Those guys are super, super finicky about that stuff. Like, well, and it's, it's important to them. 
you know, and, and this goes back. Of course, does it, is it really going to concern Rory? No, because he's the longest guy out there. I was going to say. He gives him a bigger advantage. <laughs> right? So I even think he might He might have even said, you know, I'd be happy with it for me. And he's I think like, he said that. He said, for me, who cares? I would, be, that, I would be fine with it. <laughs> but if you ask him, and I, I didn't see the whole interview, but I guarantee if we had him on this show and said, what do you think? Do you think this is good for the game of golf? I, I can't see him saying yes. I can't. I mean, it again, it's, you know, you always see the argument like you're playing the pro stuff because we've always said, like, golf, you can play the same tees, you can play the same ball, you can play, obviously, you and I have discussed this at length, it's not the same pressure and that sort of stuff. But I can't go play against LeBron. No. I can't do this, you know. But golf, you can get pretty close. Yeah. I mean, you get kind of close. Play the day after a major. See yeah, what that's it's like, like, it's like saying... This is ridiculous what Steph Curry's doing. Let's make the basket smaller. It's like, what? People want to see it. Well, I mean, well, we can talk about the match play, right? Like, didn't Rory in the match play, like, drove a green to, like, four feet? Oh, it 18, was, like, yeah. 385 or 58. I don't know what it was. It was a bomb. Yeah. and there, there People might, want to see that. Of course. There might be some people, and there will be, there'll be some people out there going, no, no, that's ridiculous. And they're, they're the 70- or 80-year-old guys, right, that are just like, how do you, it's just getting ridiculous. Now, how far these guys hit it, it, it is ridiculous. But they've put their entire life, they've sacrificed everything in their life. Everything. To, to get to that point. They deserve the advantage. Yeah. Everybody has the same chance to do to hit it like Rory does. Exactly. He wasn't just naturally born with the ability to hit it miles. And he's not obviously you've seen him up close from everything I've heard. He's, he's not a huge He's tiny. Yeah, he's not a he's big He's like dude. five nine. <laughs> now when he first came on tour, he was not probably that fit. Now look at him, he's ripped. Yeah. He, I saw I saw a photo the other day comparing when he started when first yeah. now and I'm like obviously you know, he's matured and all that sort of stuff. But I'm like, dude, he was like a little kid when he came out. He was. When he finished, he, fin- he made the cut at the, at the open at Carnoustie and played really well. Was, was he like 18, 17? Yeah, he was young. Yeah, yeah those guys. He didn't play college golf. I was going to say, those kids don't always play college. They're playing professional golf, um, you know, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. Those kids are playing professional golf. Well, it, it, look, I go back to the Steph Curry thing. If you made the basket smaller... You're just giving him a bigger advantage. <laughs> He's already the best. You're giving Rory, DJ, these guys that smash it, Cam Young, Scratch, yep. these guys that hammer it, you're only giving them a bigger advantage. I, and I, again, I don't know. I, I saw a thing. Now, it is, it is kind of what they've said is it's based on the speed, right? So someone with a slower speed it's maybe not going to affect as much it might bring them a little closer but i don't i don't care i watched rory at harding park right yep i was right next to him on the range and he had his machine so i could he had not that well they have a trackman and then they have the what is it the gc quad gc quad the one that's in uh, yep, to parallel the side. for the ball yeah correct yeah um and i was just sat there watching him hit drivers this is in san francisco freezing it was cold that week too yeah i was wearing a woolly hat <laughs> in august right and at the hotel it was gorgeous every day 75 degrees sunny you get down to the golf course fog cold literally 20 degrees colder Ugh. and he is 
And my point is, he's worked to do this. He is literally on the range flying his driver 330 yards in those Goodness conditions. Goodness gracious. Yes. Now, that, that, why take that away from him? He's earned that. Absolutely. It's like saying, and there are people that do this. That guy makes way too much money. He shouldn't make that much money, you know. <laughs> like, it's like, stop it. Shut up. <laughs> do you realize how many jobs he creates? <laughs> People's point of view, it's like, and we see it a lot in our state, right? Oh. It's yeah. like, I remember when I first came here, I was talk, talking to Adam because I was being transferred from Mike Somerville in Dallas to here, right? Mike, Mike Somerville drove a nice car, had a great house. Adam's like, you can't do that here. Because, <laughs> seriously, because the, the pros you're selling to are like, oh, oh that rep's making way too much money. I'm going to stop ordering for it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, It's yeah, a yeah. mentality. It's like, they've earned that. Abs- yeah, they went through the job interviews. They got the jobs. They were in the gym learning how to hit it that far, doing every single thing they can to do that. Everybody has the ability to do that. Yeah. You, and, and people will say, oh, it's going to kill someone like Kevin Kisner. Kevin Kisner's the same size as Rory McIlroy. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> if he can do it, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, that's, that's the part that drives me nuts is these guys are in the gym. They're working hard. They're hitting balls. They're doing all the stuff. You know, they're obviously out there working on their craft. And you're going to say, nope, they're, they got too good at it. And there's so many other things I, I saw, and I've seen it a bunch of times, but it just reminded me, the green speeds in like 1970-whatever at all the majors or all the tours, it was like the fastest greens were like nine. Yeah. So then look at the fairways. Those guys, let's talk about that too. Fine, grow the fairways a little bit. If you want to bring like, the scores down, goodness gracious, you make the greens smaller and firmer and faster. I don't care how far you hit it. If you've got a 60-yard wedge shot <laughs> to a small green that's undulating, if you don't hit it perfect, you're chipping, yep. right? Yeah. And if you leave it above the hole, you've got a way less chance of making it if you leave it below the hole. No, absolutely. I mean, the focus on the golf ball going too far is just, in my mind, is, is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Well, it is. And I'll use this as an example. You and I played the other day, ACC, Albuquerque Country Club. The greens are firm. Firm. They were firm, yeah. And if you had a 30, you know, 60-yard shot, if you didn't hit it perfect, it was skipping Over the past game. the hole. Yeah. Like, you can't. So it's a perfect example. Like, I don't care what kind of shot you had. If you didn't hit it the distance, correct distance, it was gone. Over the green. Same thing. Those guys, are the, obviously, they're more skilled and whatever, but well, the- it's going to be the same exact thing. Yep. Same thing. Go ahead. Try and hit it over there. Put yourself in a bad spot where you have to fly it over a bunker and stop it quick. Not happening. And that's what the USGA does to the. I mean, you look at those greens typically, they're rock hard. Yeah. Rock hard. Now, we've criticized the USGA because it's very easy to do, but they bring those scores down not because the golf course is stupidly long. <laughs> Some of them are, right? Torrey Pines is ridiculously long, but. They grow the rough and make the greens firm. Yeah. That's yeah. how they get to even par. Yes. Or one over. Well, and it, I'll even go back to what, uh, what year was it that Tiger won at Pebble, right? Every, if you look at that scoreboard or that leaderboard where Tiger won by like 15, yeah. he was the only guy under par. 12 under par and Everybody else over. was like over par. Yeah. That's just because he was that much better. Yeah. Like, 
Always Hands was. Hands down. Always was. Not even close. And obviously there's some natural ability there, but I don't care how much natural ability you have. He put in more time than anybody. Anyone. He, he committed everything to that. And I think, honestly, that's where a lot of his, issues. his, his <laughs> private issues came about because you commit everything to one thing. No balance. There's, yeah, there's no balance. And I think he's, as he's gotten older, he's kind of figured that out. It's a shame for the injuries, right, and, and the yep. car accident and stuff like that. But I, it's just—it's punishing people for being good at something, which is silly. It's—it's non—it's nonsense. It's absolutely well, and, nonsense. You know, using that as an example is a perfect thing. I don't care what you did to the golf ball or what you did to clubs. Tiger was that much better. Yeah, that's it. You look, could do whatever you want. Look at the NFL. Look at the all the passing yard leaders, right? They are all they've all played in like the last fifteen years <laughs> because the game has changed. Yep. Do you see these guys saying we've got to change this? This is ridiculous. No. It's way more exciting than seeing someone run up the middle for five yards. <laughs> three yards. Yeah. Three yards. Three it's yards. It's way more exciting. <laughs> yep. They're stronger, they're faster, they can throw it further, they can catch it better. <laughs> you don't see the NFL trying to stop that. They're like, all right, guys, we're going back to no gloves with the sticky stuff on them. Go yeah. back to just your hands. Yeah. It's- <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got to take a quick break. Um, I'm Jerome Espinosa, Director of Instruction. If you're in need of fittings, email me, gespinosa at 8gradies.com. This is the 8gradies Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Let's get back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Welcome back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Alongside Mr. David Muddit, you'll hear us talking to Mexico Golf Saturdays 10 to 11 a.m. And today we have a special guest, one of our favorites, Mr. Kent Jones. Jonesy, what's up? Hey, Jerome. How you doing? Good, dude. Are you inside today? It's a little windy. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> How you doing, Kent? Hey, good. Good, good. Well, Jonesy, we're one of our favorites to talk crap about on this show. So just so you know, we're up front with that. We're always looking out for you, seeing what you're doing. We stalk you a little bit on the leaderboards. <laughs> All right. So give us an update. How's We how's... like we like it when we don't have to scroll down, <laughs> Jonesy. Yeah, Jonesy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We just want well, to click and then see your name from yeah. now on. Can you do I, that for us? I'm, yeah, I, uh, I'm down for that program for sure. <laughs> just like the senior senior British <laughs> Open that time. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun week. <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh, what's going on in your world, Jonesy? How's how's life on the Senior Champions Tour? Um, it's good. Uh, this year's been uh, it's a little bit rough right now. Um, I didn't have a great year, a very good year last year, so I'm kind of uh, conditional, not really getting in. So I'm having to qualify, um, do the Monday qualifiers right now, and haven't uh, got any any yet. So there's been uh, you haven't even had to scroll down because I'm <laughs> not even in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, uh, and now there's a little break in the schedule. Um, really gets going in May. May through the fall is our busiest time. So. Uh, just a little downtime right now. Yeah, that's that sucks actually. Well, but, but it's yeah. it, it's it can also be good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably you obviously want to play, of course, but you know, right? Like we were just talking about balance in people's lives. I think <laughs> the best golfers in the world manage to have a good balance of rest and play and family and 
you know, you've got kids. Uh, how old are your kids? Uh, they are 22 and 20 now. Are they in Albuquerque? So, <clears throat> well, um, one plays for the Lobos, right? Or did play for the Lobos? No, my daughter, she cheered there for a couple of years. Uh, oh, uh, it was your, um, but, you had a cousin or something from Carlsbad. Is that oh, uh, my ne- yeah, my nephew. Nephew, nephew yeah, that, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah played yeah. on the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my daughter graduated from UNM last December. Awesome. And uh, she's just kind of trying to figure out what she wants to do. And my son's at school at Grand Canyon University. Oh, nice. That's not too far away yeah. then. No. And it's a, it's a nice excuse to go over to Phoenix in the wintertime. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you have a place to stay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so it's been nice doing that. So what do you do um, to stay in some sort of form, Jonesy, when all these off days or all these off weeks? Uh, well, it's uh, it's been a challenge this year just because of the way the weather's been. It's Honestly, the last couple of years, the weather's been pretty good in the winter. And you can kind of practice and uh, stay in shape. Um, We've had a terrible winter, yeah. This year's, yeah, this year's been tough. So we, I've actually been over to Phoenix a few times. Um, you know, I got a lot of friends over there. I've got access to the TPC, so I can go over and uh, get in huge, some warmer yeah. weather, greener grass, and get in some practice. Good, good. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about the this new golf ball thing they're talking about. Give us your take on that. We, we've... Kent, uh, um, Jerome and I are both in agreement that we think it's a terrible thing and not really worth doing, but give us your take. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know it seems like when they do some of the stuff, like, uh, you know, they they uh, came up with the groove thing and made everyone change their grooves and had to, everyone had to redo their clubs, and it didn't, had no effect, really. So, um, so it seems like, you know, some of the stuff they do doesn't really really matter no, it's a, but, it's, but it's a you know it's a lot of expense and trouble and well i mean i i got so. an email from titleist jerome got one from TaylorMade. the one from titleist basically said we strongly disagree with this like this is not right we do not support this um you know obviously if it if it passes and they do it then obviously they'll have to make the golf balls for their guys but right we uh, and I, we compared and it to, we compared it to uh, look at steph curry right change a game of basketball right. shoot Let's make the basket smaller. <laughs> all you're doing yeah. is all you're doing is giving him a bigger advantage, right? Yeah, um, and I don't I don't really see how it can work. If I mean, does that mean if you're playing in college, you have to play the limited ball, or what's the? Is well, it just on the tours? I mean, is it? It's, it sounded like it's just going to be like very select events, and it it would be enforced as a local rule, so any event could do it. But right. if, you're, if you're a smaller PJ Tour event like the John Deere Classic, for example, why would you, right? And I think that answers the whole question, the whole right. point of this as it is. If if these tournaments choose not to do it, well, yeah, well, why, why do you think that is? Because it's more exciting watching them hit <laughs> it that far, right? And You want Eagles right. and birdies. People are going to watch the Masters, US Open, PGA, and Open Championship regardless. Right. You know, it just, I don't know, it makes absolutely no sense to me. No sense to me. So I get, would that affect yeah. you guys too? Would they put the ball in effect for you guys? I'm going to assume no, but I mean, I, mean, I don't know. That's probably not smart to assume that. That would. Uh, I, I don't see how it's. Why would they do that? Yeah, why would they yeah, do that? I mean, there's. I mean, there's a couple guys now that like Harrington. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah, a couple guys that really hit, and Nicholson would have been a guy like that if he if he was still playing. But um, 
you know, they hit it really pretty far, especially for our tour, but there's not that many guys. I don't know. It's not. Well, and, and the point we were making so, is these guys have worked. These guys have worked tirelessly and hard and committed to doing the right things to hit it that far, you know? Right. Like, Rory wasn't just born hitting it 330 yards in the air. Even when he first came on tour, he wasn't, you know? Right. He's worked his rear end off to be able to do that. That, that he should have that advantage. Because there are plenty of guys out there that don't work as hard, <laughs> you know? I mean, they're right. just, they're no, just for is. Sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I guess, I mean, for me, I'm just... <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a part of all that now because, yeah. man, I don't know. They're all hitting it so far. It's crazy, but I don't know what's going to happen with this. We'll see, I guess, but it seems like it's, I, I, I understand the, the thought and the concept of it of, you know, trying to rein it in some or whatever, but uh, the practical application just seems like it's going to be hard to do. Well, and then, you know, you you look at some of these tournaments and the scores are, seven eight under par for four rounds you know it's like yeah there's well and that's the thing there's i mean if, if you know they've gotten away from some rough and and you know different conditions i think they could easily just yeah grow the grow rough, rough. Up, make the fairways thinner and the greens firm and fast i guarantee the school right. will not be as low it's go, pretty simple yeah. right and if you know and if, if that's what they want then people you know when you build a new golf course just build smaller greens yeah um, you can do dog legs and do different things, you know, to to combat that for sure. Yeah, it just there's plenty of things you can do, and I, I think what they're doing is just completely unnecessary. Those guys are good because they're good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they're a lot, you know, you know, those guys are a lot bigger too. Like some of the guys aren't that big; they still hit a far, but there's a lot of guys. They're just, you know, figure in general. Especially go go watch the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, I mean they're they're massive, massive I mean, guys. How big and athletic those guys are now! And then you Crazy. have a Rory who's five eight, five nine. You know, that just yeah, yeah. probably the best right. driver of the ball on the planet, and has been right. for quite some time. Yep. Well, and if, if there's someone, I mean, Jonesy, you've probably seen it, right? When you played, the guys you were warming up next to on the tour, and then now you see some of the guys, and you're like, "Holy crap! You oh, you've seen them change massively." Different. Yeah. Right. I yeah. Mean, if you were if a guy was six two, you know something like that, it was he stood out, like you know. Yeah. And now uh, that's definitely not the case. Yeah. Everyone's drinking that whole milk. <laughs> 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 I mean, you've I've, you've probably seen him, but how does Harrington? I've seen his swing speed where they're like saying how hard he swings it. I mean, does how's he doing that? I don't know. He, whatever he did, I mean, it's crazy to watch because when he's I mean, even during the tournament, right? His practice swings are like ridiculously hard. Yeah. And um, I've seen you know a few guys do that. Well, I guess that's sort of that training they go through to you know to, to increase the speed. And but the thing is, like, I mean, they is swinging so hard, it makes you tired just watching them because <laughs> so many practice swings. But then when he hits the shots, like it's he's not hitting it all over the place. I mean, he's yeah. hitting it in play almost all the time. Well, that's and the play. battle, right? It's a, you, yeah. You've got to be able to do so. it and stay in balance and still keep it in play. Right. Th- those yeah. guys out I mean, there, yeah. you know, Rory, for example, if he wants to, he could probably swing it, get his ball speed up to 200, but he's not going right. to do that on a golf course. Right. No, for sure. But Because it could but go I mean, anywhere. You know, you got to do the training and your body, you know, so you have to, your body has to be able to move that fast and 
in control and stop. And so a lot of it's the physical training, I think. Um, yeah, like to the, be able to, 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 to swing that fast and control it. Well, and it, I think there's a lot more, a lot bigger understanding and a lot more research now than sure, back in the yeah. day of, of, you know, what muscles need to do what and how you do increase the speed. Speed sticks, for example, is a great invention. It's, the, right. it's just, there's so many more ways to figure out how to hit it further now. It's not, it's not just because of the golf ball. Right. No, it's a combination of all of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, look at all the, the teaching things there are. There's gears. There's all these things. All that biomechanics has become a huge part of it. I mean, that's oh, changed. Sure. You, like I said, you've probably seen it massively. You're like, geez, Louise, how crazy has golf gotten since I even know. like you were, you know, with the Lobos? Yeah, since I was playing balada balls and persimmon wood <laughs> drivers. <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> it's changed a bit since then. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of mind-boggling, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we grew up... Well, I mean, the last thing you wanted to do was swing hard. <laughs> to figure out how to just keep it in play and then yeah, the gradually heck. get, you know, and gradually start swinging harder. But otherwise, if, I mean, that ball would go so sideways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... So... Yeah, I mean, I when I first started playing golf, it was persimmon woods and balata balls. You bladed one yeah. ball, it was... Dead, oh. it was done. <laughs> yeah. Had a smiley face on it. It wasn't even round yeah, anymore. Right. Yeah, no. that's right. I forgot about that. Those yeah. things would oh. deform. Yeah, and then putting, they oh, probably yeah. rolled seven different directions. And cut it, cut it right open. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more to these low schools than just the ball going a long way. I mean, you know, if you're talk, if they're talking ten to fifteen yards for the longest hitter, so you're putting a five iron in the hand of McElroy instead of a six, maybe, right? <laughs> right. What, what is, yeah. is that really going to make that much of a difference? Probably not for him. I mean, 10 yards uh, is one club. Yeah. Right? Right. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to, what it'll take, like, you have to roll, it'll be like, uh, you know, you have to go like 30 or 40 yards shorter, something like that to, Gosh, to, to really, make a, that to really yeah. make a difference, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, just yeah, go back to the Simon Woods and a ball out of ball, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't but know. But those guys still find out a way to shoot good scores. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Uh, a raging question that I have, Jonesy, is David is still a little bit hurt over your Trackman Combine score up at the facility. Like, I have those posted. Point one. Yeah, and you have him beat by point one. He looks at it and just rages when he goes up there. Well, the thing is, I only did it once, so... <laughs> Well, it's kind of funny. Here's the argument. So I'll give you the counter argument. David's average score on his drives might have been about 15. I but, I had like two zeros with my driver. But also, I'll then my other argument for Jonesy would be like his. Remember that's when you came in and your pitching wedge was like two degrees off. Yeah. And he's like, that's right. I can't hit this distance. This pitching wedge is jacked up. That's right. So we might have to have a duel to the death. Although I don't know. Well, nah, but, uh, I don't know. I might just let it stand until you know, <laughs> until I need to come back in. Yeah, I haven't done one in a long time, but they're a lot of fun to do. Yeah, it's, uh, I want to do it, one outside. It, it's just as hard. I'm good. telling you. Yeah, but I, I would just like to do it outside. You know, I've yeah, tried I, it outside, I, and it's just as hard because you're like, there's no flag. Well, I would right, venture to that, guess if there were really, flags, you guys would 
score much yeah, higher. Maybe, but it, it, the thing I mean, is, if, that really makes you dial in on your distances, you know. And yeah, but and like, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was doing a lot of practicing, a lot of my targets were not the distance that I was hitting my eight iron. I just had a target. Right. You know exactly. Yeah, and I yeah. was figuring it's out. It's hard to find. Yeah, you. I mean, you, you, you can't. There's just, you know, maybe Augusta's yeah. range or something, right? Where they've got everything <laughs> right. everywhere, but you just go to a regular range. You, you can't. Sure. You can't find a target that's an exact distance for your eight iron. No, just something in the distance, and yeah, then or, just... or even something thirty yards in front of you. I'm just going to right. start it over that, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah, a good. Uh, it's good to that. It kind of takes you away from the target a little bit and just works on your, you know, distance control, which is you know super important. Well, and contact, right? I mean, that's right. if you're, not, if you're yeah. not in it consistently in the same spot, it's not going to go the same distance. Off. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Ball, ball flight. I mean, it's not going to fly as far if you hit it low. It might fly a little further if you hit it higher. So it's definitely if, if people want to. Really figure out. I mean, and that's the key to right. good golf is being pin high, right? Right. Typically, exactly I mean, right. obviously, there's situations where you want to be short or you want to be long, but for the most part, yeah, if you know how far hitting, it's going, you, you're going to be tough to beat. Right. Hitting the distance you're trying to hit. Yeah. Well, and for people that don't know, the TrackMan Combine is just like a test where it has a bunch of yardages, and you just have to hit them the yardages, and it's it moves. And if you're Steve Manning, you'll hit a driver when it says sixty yards, and get a zero because he doesn't yeah. pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, you, you start. You go sixty. You go. You get three shots at sixty. Then you go seventy, eighty, ninety, hundred. Then I think it's like one, whatever it is. So it's more realistic to playing a round of golf, right? Yeah, you're not right. hitting twenty eight irons in a row on a golf course. You <laughs> right. hit a driver, then exactly. an eight iron. Well, and it's right. I. I like that your guy's name is up there because for me. People come in and like do it like high school kids, right? They get super pissed because they'll get like a 56. And I'm like, guys, this is not easy, like <laughs> at all. No, it's not. Like, two yeah. of the best golfers in our town are like 84. Like, it's very hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, if, if you've never done, people listen, if you've never done a Trackman Combine, find somewhere to do one. It's, it's a lot of fun, but you'll, <laughs> it drives you insane sometimes. <laughs> It can expose a few things. That's for certain. Yep, that's quite for sure. Well, Jonesy, what uh, what's the rest of your year look like? And uh, we're going to keep following you. So you you got a break, um, and then you start back up where? Little break, and then about three weeks. Uh, there's an event in Dallas, um, Dallas, and then maybe I think Atlanta, um, and then in May. Uh, qualify for the u.s senior open and then a senior pga so really i just need to need to get into an event and uh kind of just get a little money up and then i can get into the, the senior pga so that's kind of kind of my focus right now I where's think. the senior oh, pga it's a frisco i think oh yeah of course yes yeah, 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 right. yeah yeah we've got yeah. steve manning will probably be playing yeah the new uh new facility there. yeah that's right I, I visited it back in september it's 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 awesome it's a pretty cool place yeah yeah i heard it's quite a quite a complex yeah well jonesy thanks for joining us we always appreciate you and always love to see you out on the course and um we'll keep an eye out for you man all right yeah thanks anytime happy to come on yeah right. nice talking to you buddy all right yeah
Talk to you guys. We'll see you, Josie. Bye. we got to take a quick break. I'm Jerome Espinosa, Director of Instruction at Grays Golf, alongside David Muddit. If you'd like to inquire about leagues, club prayer fittings, email me, gespinosa at 8grays.com. This is the 8grays Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Let's get back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show with Jerome Espinoza on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Welcome back to the 8 Greatest Golf Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Well, David, yes, what sir. do you think? <laughs> this, oh, you know what? i got to do a shout-out. Shout-out to Mr. Ron Archibek. I don't know who that is. I know. He was giving me grief the other day oh. at uh, ACC, and I said, I'll give you a shout-out. Ron, thanks for allowing me to go play there. Appreciate you. Former Bernalillo Spartan basketball player. Um, but Tiger Woods, dude. $30 million to get rid of a girlfriend? Uh, what the I've heck? Got, I've got rid of all social media. I haven't really seen what's going on. Um, I don't know the 100%. I'm never going to claim that we're 100% accurate, but I guess he tricked the girlfriend that Erica Herman... <laughs> to leave his house then locked her out so she's suing him for 30 million and like getting it a girlfriend and do you know what she did nothing before she met tiger she worked at his restaurant oh, for oh. and look at everything she got from tiger well she's getting 30 million more well units maybe like whether 30 million for tiger is probably not worth even fighting i guess but I think he's fighting it. He should. He absolutely should. I mean, like I said, I don't know the story. There could be a lot. I haven't read it. I'm, I'm just, I'm done reading a lot of the media. It stuff. is silly. I just saw the clip, and I'm like, <sighs> wait, what? Like, how? I don't know. I'm like, I get Elin or whatever, and what she got, and all that stuff. That was his wife and two kids, and blah blah blah. But this was a living girlfriend or whatever, and I don't know. I mean, she was there when he won the Masters in 2019 behind the green. <laughs> I like, was thinking that too. Was, they were obviously it was obviously a serious relationship. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, people have their views of what old Tiger did, and we try to stay not talking about that. We talk about his golf, and that's what we're here to do. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, holy cow, dude! Like, I don't know, poor dude. I, I mean, I say poor dude. He's whatever. I, I he's definitely know. not poor. No, he's not poor. <laughs> but he has been through a hell of a lot, that is for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's. you talk about exhausted human beings. He's got to be, I mean, an exhausted human, and he's only well, this is what 45, made, This 46. is what made him so great. His mental toughness is just off the charts. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like he's not even human. <laughs> Where, whether you agree or disagree with anything, I don't think anyone can sit there and agree or disagree that Tiger is the most mentally strong person you've ever seen in your entire life. Well, here's life. what's crazy. Is you could probably throw him into a tournament like this week at, what is it, Valero? At the Valero. And he'd probably play okay. Yeah, he'd make the cut. I'm like, yeah. how are you dealing with this in the background? And you go out and can play some freaking really good golf. A lot. You, you can take some of the best PGA Tour players in the world and give them one of the surgeries that Tiger's had. Oh. And they may never play golf again. Never. Not, not, not because they can't. Because the rehab and the work and everything you have oh. to do to get back to that level, to get to that level in the first place is stupidly hard. It's And to get back there after all of that is just uh, – that I don't think anyone would ever do that to ever even, again. I, would even I mean, say, people compare the Hogan car crash, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar sort of thing. 
But did he also have 15 other surgeries back then? No, he probably didn't. <laughs> and he, I, mean, I guess that would be debatable too, right? Like the Tigers probably got the best doctors on planet Earth. Of course, yeah. Hogan was like, who knows what they had. If you and I had gotten that car accident, we'd probably only have one leg. Oh, that's 100%. Yeah. I've heard that numerous times. Yeah. That if it was a normal human, they would have cut the leg off because it was so bad. They're like, nah, sorry. Yeah. Not him. But, uh, and the doctor is probably thinking before he walks in the room, he's being told the story, and then he walks in and he goes, oh, all right, chopping his leg off is not an option. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is not a good idea. I'm not going to be the I'm doctor. I'm not going to be the one that, that takes his leg, leg away. Yeah. No. Yeah. We'll, we'll do whatever we have to. Uh, match play at Austin is always cool. That happened this week. Um, dude, that's a cool – the only thing I – I don't know. I it's don't, going away. That, that was the last dude, one. what? I'm hoping someone – it doesn't take much for, for a tournament to turn into a match play tournament. Like it, and I hope it happens. Like, to be honest, I wish they had a few more. Well, a lot of people were cool. super pumped about it because they, you know, match play is just so different and they're super aggressive and it seems like a great venue to host it and, you know, some cool holes where they can drive it or, you know, cool par threes. You know, I saw Scotty Scheffler a couple shots where he almost like hole, made a hole in one to end the match or whatever, but. He was my pick, too, for my oh. pool, and he missed that six-footer on the 20th hole to win, and I'm like, oh, my God. Cost you how many points? 1.5 million points in it your cost, pool? It cost me well over a million a million dollars in the in the money list, yeah. Jeez yeah. Louise. That's... But, yeah, I, I, it, Austin supports it because Austin doesn't have NFL. They don't have NBA. They oh, don't have hockey. They, they just got they, UT. They have, they, and they have that, little, that soccer team that, what's his name, is a part of uh, Matthew McConaughey. But yeah, they they don't have uh, any of the big four sports in that town, which is kind of crazy why. to I think. If it's that's the like a cap- golf course, the capital of Texas, a sponsor or a golf course issue. I don't know what it is. Well, Austin is it's not the biggest place, but there's a ton of people that live there oh, now. So uh, massively, but not. I mean, they could support it 100, percent but it's not easy to just start a baseball, hockey. Football no, or, no. I mean, or basketball franchise, right? I mean, well, it's got to have a billionaire that's going to, which they have plenty the of. I'm sure it's Texas. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, I don't know though. Austin's a little, a little blue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's guys. it is, but the, they would support it. There's no two ways about that. Although, well, I mean, although it's it's funny, right? Because they're only two and a half hours from I, Dallas. I was just the Dallas say. Cowboys, right? Well, uh, then, arguably the biggest NFL franchise there is houston san antonio and houston has a football team as well right i mean and a basketball team yep but then they look at dallas and dallas have got all four yeah yeah yeah. you know so but everyone that lives in austin is probably a cowboys fan or a texans fan right so probably it's kind of hard to just start up a new one and they're like oh yeah don't want the cowboys anymore that doesn't happen right (laughs) that's that's the cowboys (laughs) you're not knocking them out no well i hope they that event they knock themselves out (laughs) jeez i'm kidding i hope uh that event finds a home so you know it's a shame i mean austin that it seemed like a great venue Uh, you know i'm sure spieth had a lot to do with it going there in the first place and and yeah but you know they have their ut their ut is the dallas cowboys right i mean yeah that is true but they supported the the match play massively i mean you see how many people are out there yeah, that's unfortunate because, I, like I said, I've heard a bunch of great things about that course, and I know that golf course actually has, like, owns two golf courses because they have so many members. I've heard a lot of stuff. Um, a guy I went to one of the PGA levels was an assistant there, and he was telling me all the 
stuff about it, but it seems like a great place. It's too bad that it's going away. Hopefully it finds a home. I don't know. With all these, I guess, elevated events, maybe well, that puts some pressure on I it. I think the no World idea. Golf Championships are going away. Oh, because they're doing those elevated events. Yes, gotcha. I think they're going away, yeah. Well, and this know. is what I've said from the get-go about this live thing. Say what you want about it. It's ripping good events away from golf. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the part that I, yeah. I'm, I mean, I know you like to live and you're a supporter, but the President's Cup was terrible <clears throat> because it, not that that's a massive, I mean, it's a fun event, right? But it's not the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup is going to suffer big time because oh. of this. And that I've said from day one. <laughs> that was your thing. You said you'll hate it. That That's is the, the worst best, part. In my opinion, you know, outside of maybe the World Cup, it's the best sporting event in the world. Yep. The Ryder Cup is pure passion. There's 24 guys. Oh, it's. And they're typically, those 24 guys best. are in the top 30 or 40 in the world. Maybe right? missing like one or two. You're missing, you're missing a few Australians or a few South Africans, basically. Yeah. Yep. Well, that'll do it for another. Eight Grady Golf Show. There'll be a link for today's show at 8gradies.com. Oh, oh, we're on Spotify, too. Spotify, Alpha Podcasts. Yep. Like, follow, sh- subscribe. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All that we're, nonsense. We're coming for Joe Rogan. Oh, that's so great. All right, we'll be here again next Saturday, 10 to 11. For the 8 Grady's Golf Show, I'm Jerome Espinosa alongside David Muddit. We'll see you next Saturday. Thank you for listening to the 8 Grady's Golf Show with Jerome Espinosa. Come back Saturday mornings at 10 for the latest stories and analysis from around the world of golf on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.